talking about innovation in teaching and education, popular podagogy. Discussions that are topical and sometimes philosophical, popular podagogy. Popular podagogy. Hi there. Thanks for joining us and welcome to another episode of Popular Podagogy, where we try to bring big ideas in teaching and education to life. I'm your host, Chris Carlton, and this podcast is being brought to you by the Faculty of Education at Queen's University. Black History Month is a time to celebrate Canada's rich cultural history and the amazing contributions by Black Canadians and their communities in shaping our country into the diverse, prosperous, and compassionate country it is. In this podcast, we will be speaking with an innovative and passionate educator who is getting her students and school excited and aware of this important celebration. We will discuss why she feels it is so important and how every teacher can find the resources and tools to highlight and dig deeper into Black History Month for their own students and classrooms. I'd like to introduce our guest to our podcast today, and that is Rosalie Griffith. Welcome, Rosalie. It is a pleasure to be with you. (laughs) Now, just to give our listeners a quick overview uh, of your career and work so far, uh, you've been with the Toronto District School Board, the largest and most diverse school board in the country uh, for the last 20 plus years since leaving your second home here at Queen's University, right? Yes, that's correct. (laughs) You're currently the principal at Newtonbrook Secondary School in North York with the Toronto District School Board, um, but you've also worked previously within suburban and urban settings such as Jane and Finch in Toronto and the First Nation communities as well. Yes. That's awesome. Now, if that wasn't enough, Rosalie, uh, you additionally had the privilege to serve as an executive member of the African Heritage Educators Network, a consulting body for the Toronto District School Board and the Ontario Alliance of Black School Educators, a provincial organization supporting students of African heritage. So you know that on our next podcast, when we talk about the pursuit of work-life balance for educators, (laughs) you are going to be on it. I will be there to learn and listen. And I think that's that's not uncommon with educators. We we are passionate about what we're doing, and and that comes forward in the fact that we really sometimes struggle with that balance in life because we are we do have that passion for our students, and and that's a part of what we do. Yes, we talk about our school families and our work families as well as our our own families sometimes. Yeah, it, it's so true. It's wonderful though. At the same point, it is. Now, Rosalie, when I mentioned to some of my colleagues and teacher candidates that you were going to be our guest on the podcast topic, um, I was overwhelmed with a number of questions that they asked me to include in our discussion today, and and there's no way we can include them all. Mm -hmm. Um, So because we are trying to manage the time of the podcast, you and I have summed up the questions into three overall questions, which are, what is Black history? or African Heritage Month all about and the importance of teaching it? What types of resources are available to teachers to help facilitate this important conversation, which is one of the probably biggest questions I always get asked. Mm -hmm. And then this is, and this one doesn't have to be new teachers. This is Mm -hmm. teachers that have been teaching for a long time. And it's like, how can we as teachers overcome our hesitation to fully embrace this important topic due to discomfort around race discussions? 
And we've seen that over and over with so many different things. So I want to jump right into it and discuss what this month is really all about and why it needs to be focused on. And I was going to a couple of different websites that are out there, and I saw that the 2022 theme for Black History Month is February and Forever, Celebrating Black History Today and Every Day. And I, I think that really resonated with me because it, it's, yes, it's great to think about February being Black History Month, but why aren't we, why aren't we celebrating the diversity and the culture of Canada on a much more a larger continuum so all through the year celebrating what Canada is all about and you know what that's such an important uh point that you made and so the Toronto District School because we are so large we have our our own theme um often and and part of the theme um and the uh, planning committee for the board uh talks about uh African Heritage 365 or Black History 365, because that, that point of the fact that this can't just be a one-off um, is, is so important. Uh, we have students in our classroom every day, and they're with us, you know, 365 school days, not really that number, but they're with us all year, and they need to feel included all year, and they need to be visible to us all year. So, you know, um, Af African Heritage Month or Black History Month um, really is just a reminder to us as all educators to see and honor and recognize and bring in the stories and the histories of students that may be a minority in our school or in our class. They may not even be there. And, and I think sometimes, um, educators say, well, I don't have any Black students in my class, so I don't have to worry about it. But um, if we're talking about Canada, Canada's story, Canada's history, and we want our students to have a full understanding of that history, um, then we need to include the stories of all of our students. Um, you know, you know, just as a, as a parallel, you know, how dare we talk about the expansion of Canada and not talk about, you know, those of, of Asian heritage and what they did. Like, it would be so inappropriate to ignore that story and, and, and keep it focused in a Eurocentric way, which is how our curriculum is currently based. So uh, I appreciate that comment. And I think that's a really great uh, way to start the conversation. And, and I think, Rosalie, I was on the Toronto District School Board and I use the Toronto District School Board website all the time. I love that it's an open uh, website that we can use. And, and I saw that in, uh, part of their celebrations, they go, they have a list, and I think it starts in October, and it goes to June, of all of the different heritage months. So they celebrate several different uh, heritages each month. Yeah. And so when when you talk about the idea of, um, I might not have a Black student, I might not have um, an Asian student, it, it's, we need to talk about the fabric of Canada. The Canada was, was built through all of these these uh, multiple cultures that we we are studying, and I think it's exactly. amazing that the Toronto District School Board has that plan. But my question is, why doesn't every school board have that plan, or why can't we just borrow it? I, well, I guess we can borrow it from you, but it needs to be initiated beyond just the teachers going and searching for that. Agreed. Um, I, I guess my next question would be then um, resources because. I, I take a look at, yes, I'm very excited about, about teaching about Black History Month. Um, I feel comfortable in the sense that uh, I, I can, I, because I've been teaching for a while, I can teach on most subjects, but I wanna find those resources that will help me 
make sure that it's authentic and, and make sure that it's current as well. Uh, because we all know that our curriculum needs to be updated so that it is current. We're not teaching history uh, that, that doesn't reflect what it, it truly is. So yeah. where do I find that? Or where do teachers find the resources, things like that? So it, it's, you know what, the one nice thing is it's, it's much easier than it used to be. Um, the, the search is not as uh, deep as it once was, but uh, the resources are really out there. I, I, I would challenge any educator who said, well, I can't do this because I don't have the resources. I would challenge that um, because they are fairly readily available now. And it doesn't matter if we're talking about the elementary or the secondary panel, if we're talking about um, you know, a, a particular discipline. So you know, when I think about you know, just broad general starting places, if you have nowhere to go, um, I would think about, you know, something like the Ontario Black Historical Society. They have so many resources there. And a lot of the organizations um, like that, they have things tailored for teachers. Um, you know, an organization like the Ontario Black Historical Society, which will have, you know, accurate, up-to-date um, uh, really interesting uh, things that I, I am still learning about. Uh, they want to make sure that this is is knowledge that becomes a part of our curriculum. And you know, when I there's a quote that I love about curriculum. Um, it's quite long, but it, it's by Nora Allingham, and I always shared it with new teachers when I worked with them. And it said, "Children learn from what surrounds them." not just what the teacher points them to. So it's the textbooks, the storybooks, the pictures, the seating plan, the group work, the posters, the music, the announcement, the prayers, the readings, the languages spoken in the school, the food in the cafeteria, the visitors to the classrooms, the reception of parents in the office, the race or races of office staff, of the custodial staff, of the administration, displays of student work, and, and it goes on, but it finishes off saying, I would not for a moment suggest that we can control all of this, but we better be aware of it. We can be sure that our students are. And you know, as teachers, we, we, we learn about that third teacher and, and, and that space in the classroom. So, you know, to do a disservice to a segment of the Canadian population, to, to willfully leave out, you know, a story that you know, contributes to the fabric and the narrative of Canada is not something an, an educator, an Ontario educator can do. Um, so Ontario Black Historical Society was thinking, you know, we, um, I, I'm very proudly uh, from the TDSB and, and, and I'm proud of the fact that not only do we have an open website, but we just um, had a launch last year of the Center of Excellence for Black Student Achievement. And the whole mandate of that center is to support educators in doing this work. That is the entire mandate. Educators, Ontario, um, ensuring that Black students are supported and seen and heard. And you know, so that's another wonderful resource. Um, there's a bookstore in um, Toronto. I was thinking, you know, because I'm a secondary teacher, and but I don't want to forget, you know. Um, you know, my, my dear elementary colleagues, and there's a bookstore in Toronto um, called A Different Book List. 
And when I was the head of English at a very large secondary school, I did all of my purchasing there. And the reason why I bring that one up is because you can call or email or check the website and say, I'm teaching grade three. And I would love to have a few storybooks um, that I could use um, during African Heritage Month or Black History Month and throughout the year. And they'll curate it for you, depending on what you need. If it's a theme, if it's a grade. Um, I did that quite often at the secondary level and did quite large purchasing. Um, my nephew uh, just started kindergarten a couple of years ago. And, you know, I think teachers, you know, I say this with love. I think we, we're all uh, book nerds. And so <laughs> I made sure that I went to a different book list and I got a couple of, you know, the, the, the most recent um, award-winning uh, kindergarten stories. And, you know, that was my gift to his, his kindergarten teacher because, you know, we want to make sure that we're building collections and building um, our libraries so that any child that walks in our classroom, regardless of their age, their panel, their grade, um, they can find something that makes them feel that their teacher wants them there, sees them there, values them there, um, and honors who they are. So, um, you know, and we and we have lots of, you know, Ontario is 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 rich with with um, excellence, and we have a lot of of great academics doing amazing work in terms of education and Black students. We have. Um, I know we have uh, Dr. Alana Butler at Queens, um, George Day and Lopez and Joe Kiwan at U of T. Uh, Carl James at York has done quite a bit of work as well. Um, but the professional learning is out there and I, I see it. It's there on Twitter. It's there on online. It's there through school board opportunities. So um, as I said, I would challenge any educator who says they can't access it. It's not about whether it's there. It's about whether or not you um, have the will to engage in it. And I, I, I absolutely love what you're saying there, Rosalie. And, and I'm going to pick on a couple things there. One, one that the, from the statement that you made, the students learn from what surrounds them. And yeah. I, I absolutely love that because it is everything. It's it, the teacher plays a part, but it's everything else around them. And then when you mentioned you, you want all of your students to be represented somehow, in in the classroom and so that is on the onus of the teacher that's our profession that's what we're supposed to do so as you said we've got all of these amazing resources and with uh technology today with um professional learning being uh, online and you can do those other, other things i like the fact that you say i challenge you not to be able to find the resources to do this so um we need to have that passion for making sure, and if, for me, it always comes back to the students, to make sure students are represented and feel safe and, and realize that you're looking out for the entire community and the entire community is Canada as well. So um, I'm so happy that you, you mentioned all of those resources and, and sort of the, us to get the impetus to go out and find them. And, and, you know, if I think about that original question of what you know, what is Black history or what is African Her Heritage Month? What is the importance of it? Um, the mandate of that hasn't changed over, you know, I guess it would be uh, almost a hundred years. 
you know, if you, if you, if you do the quick Google search, you know, this really goes back to 1926 and, and Negro History Week, um, because in the States, they realized, you know, that story wasn't being told. And then it was renamed Black History Week. And then in Canada, we adopted it and it became the month. And then, um, you know, it, it became formalized as something that we understood to be valuable. And, um, you know, the first Black um, female member of Parliament, Jean Augustine, you know, got unanimous approval to make February, you know, Black History Month uh, in Canada. And then it just went to the Senate in 2008. Now think about unanimous approval when we're talking about politics. That, that in itself is an accomplishment. So there is something there. And, you know, if you think back to how it started, you know, in 1926, we're at 2022. And yet the sad part is we're actually having a similar conversation. Um, the reason why it's important that we have African Heritage Month or Black History Month now here in, in Canada, in Ontario, whether we're in Chatham or Windsor or Ajax or Toronto is because um, Black students, um, and also we can say the same about our Indigenous uh, students, they have been underserved historically repeatedly underserved. And I, I certainly hope that every educator um, coming into the system and, and, and also those that are experienced that we see that, we can see the effects of that, not just on our children and our students, um, but we see the effects of that on our schools. We see that the effects of that in our society. And I think, you know, over the last few years, we've had quite a wake up call about um, how serious this is and, and what this has meant, um, particularly for those two communities. So if we're, we're looking at African Heritage Month, this all started because there was exclusion. It wasn't referenced, it wasn't noted, it wasn't um, celebrated, there was no awareness. Uh, and, and that's the thing that we're combating and we're still combating it almost a hundred years later. And that's why it's important. Um, you know, when I look at textbooks, like I grew up, I am a child of Ontario. Uh, I was born in Toronto and um, because of my father's work, I did K to 12 in a small Southern, uh, on Ontario town, Brantford, Ontario. And, you know, so I'm, I have a very typical story to, to many black students and, and particularly, you know, when I think about our teaching population, our teaching population is, is predominantly white and, 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 you know, many would be from small towns and, um, you know, K to eight, I was the only child that wasn't white at my school. And, you know, at my high school, it was 1800 and there were 10 of us. <laughs> that were black. So, you know, when I think back to what did I learn? I, I, I had a wonderful schooling experience. I loved school. Um, I, I was, you know, thankfully one of those that were successful in school. I had some amazing teachers and, um, you know, I think my school experience started off well because I, I had teachers initially who saw me. Uh, my mother tells a story that I wasn't even aware of. But when I was in primary grades, um, a teacher called my mother and said, you know, um, basically said, your daughter's the only black child in my class and school. Um, please reach out to me if there's ever any concern. And just the fact that she would make that connection with my mother um, meant she saw me. I wasn't invisible. 
So think about how that would have shaped how she engaged and how she set the stage in the environment for me. Um, and, and so that's why this month is important because without this, um, the days and the weeks and the months go by and we have students in our schools who are, are not seen. We have textbooks that ignore um, the experiences. I grew up, I, I learned, I read almost every Shakespeare play Charles Dickens was my favorite author uh, up until grade 12. I was in the school band. I played uh, Beethoven, I uh, played Tchaikovsky. Um, I can count in Roman numerals. I can do Greek mythology with the best of them. You know, those are things that were very overtly and, you know, explicitly and implicitly taught to me as a student. Um, I had never heard of Viola Desmond growing up as a child. I had never heard of Marianne Shad, who was the first, you know, woman to publish a newspaper in Canada. Um, never heard of, you know, Lincoln Alexander, first Black member of Parliament. I mean, we have a part of our highway now in that Hamilton area that's named after him. Um, I just saw the recognition for Willie O'Ree, uh, who broke the color barrier for NHL. You know, uh, he had his first game in 1958, and that blows my mind because I think about the civil rights movement in the 60s in the, in the U.S., and this is someone who stepped into hockey, which is not known for its diversity. Not in, really. In 1958, you know, Rosemary Brown, and Cools, Lawrence Hills, and Annika. I mean, the, 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 I didn't learn about any of those. Uh, there was never, I never had a teacher, I, sorry, I had one Black teacher in my experience um, never saw an administrator that looked like me. And, you know, you think, okay, well, that's, that's a generation ago. That was when I was in elementary school. Um, this is the third school that I am a, a school administrator at, and I've been the first Black administrator at every one. So the experience of our students right now is the experience of, of students, you know, you know, my generation, if I call it that. So if, if I had no exposure how are we as educators right now ensuring that students right now are not having that same experience? You know, I think we've come to learn a little bit about Africville and Nova Scotia and the story there, many of us, but how many of us know about Priceville in Ontario, a community that was founded by, um, by black loyalists and uh, they cleared the land uh, set up a community and then it was taken from them and Irish and Scottish settlers went in. And so if you check, it looks like, and, and the documentation shows that it was Irish, and, but they actually came onto land that was already cleared by those of black heritage. So, you know, what does it mean to be um, Canadian? If, if, if these stories are invisible, if these, um, you know, parts of our of our, our nation, our province, um, you know, uh, the, the leaders, the politicians, the business owners, if, if all of this is invisible and if we don't share these stories, then how, how will things be different for our kids? The only ones I knew were Martin Luther King, Malcolm X and, you know, Rosa Parks. You know, we, we are Ontario educators. We have a better education system, I freely say, than, than our friends south of the border. And I'm proud of it. So, so what are we doing to ensure that our students know our stories? 100%. I'm writing notes so furiously right now. <laughs> um, but the one thing that you said again, that visibility for all marginalized students and cultures is yeah. such an important thing and something that we should, as teachers, hold dear to our hearts. 
Yes. We're going to take a quick break right now. We'll be back with Rosalie with more exciting information about Black History Month. Um, so we'll be right back. Thanks so much. Are you looking for a program that can help you grow as an education professional while you work? Queen's has designed the SAGE program as a customizable graduate experience. Earn three different credentials, a certificate, diploma, and master's within one program. Visit educ.queensu.ca slash SAGE to find out more about how SAGE can work for you. So, Rosalie, the next question to me is the biggest one. Um, and that was asked in so many different ways and by so many different people. And I know the importance of Black History Month, and I know where now to look for the valuable resources to support the students. So there's no excuses for me anymore. No excuses. Um, but how do I overcome my hesitation to fully embrace this important topic due to the discomfort level around race discussions? I mean, I've been teaching for 17 years, and I pride myself on being able to confidently teach the curriculum and current topics with very little hesitation. But I, I still get apprehensive and nervous when speaking about race issues and topics because I'm, I'm really concerned about saying something wrong or inappropriate due to my limited scope of understanding and, and experience. So this has been asked by experienced teachers and all of our brand new teacher candidates. What can key teachers do to help overcome this common feeling of apprehension? And, and that apprehension leads often to inaction. And we just grab the book from the library and we just watch a video and, and we need to stop doing that. So, so give us those golden tickets, Rosalie, that we need here. <laughs> I don't know if I have golden tickets, but you know what? I, I wanna say, first of all, that I so appreciate that question. I think it's such an honest, authentic question. And, you know, I wanna say thank you to everyone who's thought it or who posed it to you, um, because I think a lot of people feel that way. And, and I have no problem saying, I think that's very Canadian. <laughs> Canadians like to pride themselves on being polite and being kind and, and you know, not being confrontational. And, and I appreciate those attributes, however, um, as educators, we have a responsibility to ensure that we are changing culture and society and making safe, welcoming, inclusive spaces for schools. We don't have it now. So we do have to push past our comfort zone because it's less about us. As teachers, it's less about us and our needs and more about the needs of our students. And our students, whether they be black or not, need to know the story and the contributions of blacks to this country and to, to our society. So um, I do appreciate the question. And, and you know, I think for us, teachers are lifelong learners. That is who we are. If you have stopped learning, then it's time to go. And, uh, you know, I used to say to new teachers, lifelong learning is not simply something you put on a resume. It is an actual thing and a way to be. And we talked earlier about, you know, accessing professional learning, um, you know, independently or taking advantage of what our school boards are offering or other school boards are offering. Um, but I do come back to the fact that doing nothing is not safe and not serving all of our children. So the question is, do we care enough to um, take care of all of our children? One of the things that I find is really helpful, 
And I would recommend this, and I have recommended this in terms of this question in the past, is to have a critical friend. Everybody needs a critical friend. That one that you can call and say, okay, I'm thinking of doing this, or I want to do that. And, you know, what do you think? Someone that you know will be honest with you, who can give you some good feedback. Um, I, I am a critical friend to, to, to lots of people, and I need critical friends. And, you know, to any of your listeners, they're welcome to reach out to me uh, at, to be a critical friend. As long as I don't get 200, you know, messages at the same time, I can, I'm more than happy to support uh, and, and help. Um, so having a critical friend is really important. That might be someone in your school. It might not be someone in your school, but someone that you can, you know, have that, that those probing questions and, and, and get a second pair of eyes on. Um, one caution I would give, so that's one do. One thing not to do that I've seen teachers do is please do not put that burden on the one Black child in your class. Um, I have seen very well-meaning sweet teachers do that. So I, I was at a school one time and they were using a text that was very problematic because uh, it was very offensive to, to black students and it was something that, that uh, wasn't being used very much, um, To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, you know, it's, it's a text that we, we kind of have moved away from because it, it has language and content that uh, can be harmful. And so I went into a school as a new administrator and I saw that they were using the book and, and I am not that person that thou shalt not. It's, you know, we, we ask questions. So I said, I noticed you're using that book. <laughs> Why are you using that book? Given that there's been a lot of conversation and, you know, some communities find it very hurtful. And I remember that very sweet, wonderful teacher saying to me, you know, don't worry. I asked the one black girl in my class if it was okay. And in that moment, I cannot tell you the layers and multiple horrors I felt because it was a problem in so many different ways um, that that was that burden was put onto to students. And I've heard many students' stories over the years of, you know, being in a business class and they, they're talking about, you know, white collar crime and, and a teacher asking the black student, you know, what do you think about the fact it's called the white collar crime? You know, um, it, it's, it's, it's not that you don't want their voice, but you wanna create a space where they volunteer their voice, but to put it on them or to center them out, um, can sometimes do more damage than good. Uh, so critical friend, yes, don't center students out. Um, I think I think a good, I think a lot of this too is about, um, it's about our lens. All of the research has always consistently shown that the, the greatest impact on a student in their life is the teacher. It's not the principal, it's not the vice principal, it's not the support staff, it is the teacher. So we have to build our comfort level by building our professional learning. It really is connected to what we talked about earlier. Um, if you don't know, it's hard to go into a situation and speak to something. You're going to feel more nervous. You're going to feel more uncomfortable. It is the onus on us as educators to educate ourselves so that we can engage in conversation. We don't have to have all the answers. We never will. But we have to, to take the responsibility for learning about, um, about issues relevant to our students so that we can start the conversation. Let our kids 
you know, share their stories and share their experiences. Um, you know, one of the things that teachers that we do have a mandate to do, and I say this as a former English teacher as well, is, you know, critical thinking. We, we are, are, we have a, a, an express mandate in the curriculum even to teach our students to be critical thinkers and critical readers and critical viewers. Um, building critical, critical consciousness is actually doing some of this work. You know, so I'll give you an example. I had the pleasure to um, pilot um, we did an Afrocentric curriculum for grade nine English at one of my schools. And I had the, the pleasure to be the teacher piloting that. And a big part of that work was developing the critical lens of my students. So at the time, and, and this, this, this is a few years back, you know, there was a big um, riot in the States, uh, Ferguson, and, you know, there were, you know, buildings were burned and, and, cars overturned and there were standoffs. And, you know, I brought that content in and I, and, and we looked at it and uh, we looked at it, uh, you know, what's causing this? You know, I brought in Langston Hughes poem, uh, you know, a raisin in the sun and it talks about, you know, does it, um, does it explode? Uh, you know, we connected it to, um, you know, other articles and reading that we were doing because our kids are living these lives. And they want to have a place to have conversation. And we don't have to have all of the answers. We have to have the space. We have to teach them to, to, to look at, well, well, what is causing this? What are the issues? What are the, you know, what, what do we know about the history? What do we know about what's happening now? Um, you know, what are the disparities? What are the inequities? you know, who's speaking in the media? Who's not speaking? How are people being portrayed? That in itself is the work. And that, think about a black student having the ability to engage in these things that they're watching, that they're experiencing. Because, you know, as an adult, when I watch these things, I experience them, I feel them. And to have a teacher say, you know what, let's, let's look at this. Like, what, what's the cause of this? And that could be brought into a math classroom and looking at data. That could be brought into an English classroom um, and connecting with, you know, media is one of the, the strands of that curriculum. So there's lots of entry points if we have the will to do it. And what about the students who aren't Black? You know, what about them when we're building critical consciousness, when they're watching these things? You know, this is how we break down stereotypes and, and tropes and things that, that are causing harm. So, you know, African Heritage Month or Black History Month really is an entry point. It is a reminder to us in schools to think about our, our, our Black students because we haven't been thinking about them. And there's so much information in there and, and thank you so much for that for Rosalie. Um, I go back and I, I talk, uh, talk to my own TCs about critical thinking and critical consciousness and that cross-curricular application so that we can show them how relevant uh, all of our subjects are by bringing in uh, topical topics and, 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 and themes like that. Not themes, sorry, but, but the idea of, of concentrating on our culture. Mm -hmm. I really love the part about the lifelong learning. That is part of our profession. We need to live by that rule mm -hmm. and the responsibility for change, the responsibility for inclusion. And I've said before in my class, uh, we, need to, we need to be as teachers, we need to be that change that is needed. 
So it is up to us to make that difference. It is up to us to make sure every child is represented in our classroom. And, and not just, the, as you said, not just the ones that are in the classroom, but look at our, our heritage, look at the fabric of Canada and making sure everybody could come and visit our class and feel represented in our classroom. So, so much information in there. Um, thank you so much, Rosalie. I am going to ask you one last question, and this is going to be uh, one sentence. You're, you're the uh, language teacher, so a one sentence answer, okay? And it's, it's one I always ask. It's uh, what advice would you give to teachers wanting to start incorporating Black History Month information into their classroom? Just one biggest tip. I have like five in front of me that I could actually quote right now from you, but if you just had to pick one, what is it that, that what we need to start with? Okay, so I am an English teacher and that means I'm gonna use semicolons in my one <laughs> sentence. Um, <laughs> I would say, um, you know, to remember if, if we are not teaching Ontario, black history, culture, stories, then, then how will they learn it? That's not really gonna give me a semicolon. So I'm gonna cheat a little bit. Um, I, I think I wanna just reinforce what you said about remembering the power we have as teachers. We have the power to change society. And, and if I can leave one last point, I, if that this might be the one that you're looking for, hopefully, um, I think, what do we see when we look at black students? Because if we see future leaders of the country or future doctors or future lawyers, um, or future teachers, um, then we're going to engage in them very differently than how students are seen. And, and if I can share a quote to finish off from a Me student, um, this was a, a quote that uh, the TDSB director shared at a meeting, and I, I made note of it because it, it hurt my heart. A Black girl said to our director, I refuse to be what my teacher sees when she looks at me. So what do we see when we look at students? And is this student ever going to be speaking about us based on how we run our classroom and how inclusive of all stories it is? Wow, what an amazing way to end our podcast, Rosalie. Thank you so much for taking the time. You can, you can just feel your passion for promoting uh, and celebrating diversity. And, and this conversation needs to continue in every single classroom, in every single staff room. Um, and honestly, I teach uh, teacher candidates, and we've got 200 and some odd teacher candidates, and I'm actually very excited about them going out into, into the profession. Not because I discount mature students like or mature, mature teachers like myself, but because they have that passion and that burning desire to yes. make a difference and to be the change. I'm welcoming them. I'm excited about them too. We need them and, and, and I'm so happy to have them join us. Oh, well, thank you so much, Rosalie. I really appreciate it. And we look forward to speaking to you again on our podcast. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. That does it for another episode of Popular Podagogy. Again, thank you to our amazing guest, Rosalie Griffith, and to all the teachers that sent in questions for our podcast this month. Josh, where can our listeners sub subscribe to make sure they don't miss any of our Popular Podagogy podcasts? Yeah, Chris, if you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, the CFRC website, the Faculty of Education website, and pretty much any place you get your podcasts. So there's no excuse that people can't be listening to this, right? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and are we still giving away university swag to our listeners? 
You bet we are. Yeah, so um, again, with the first uh, 10 listeners that email me to suggest a topic for one of our future popular Podigodji podcasts, we'll receive some uh, university swag. Uh, they can email us at popular.podigodji at queensu.ca with a suggested topic. Awesome. I love getting email uh, from our listeners. And we do take a look at the uh, uh, suggestions for the topic. So we want those emails to come in. Please do that. And some free stuff from Queens. You got to love that. Well, that is it from myself, Chris Carlton, our producer, Joss Vine, um, and Aaron and Becca, who round off the rest of this amazing podcast team. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay connected. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Popular Podagogy. Popular Podagogy.